Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I'm going to be preaching today part two. That will follow part one of the message that I preached on Saturday night of Doorkeepers. Is that when I preached it? Doorkeepers, a revival weekend uh, a week or so ago, whenever that was. And um, if you were not here, you'll be a bit behind this morning. Um, So you can go online and watch that. There's things that I will be referring to today that I do not have time to recap on. I'll be recapping on uh, a good bit, scriptures and uh, the prophetic word of the Lord, etc. But the story of the, the prophetic puzzle and all that, I do not have time to go into that today. So you're going to be a bit lost if you weren't here or you have not watched it online. But God is speaking loudly to us. I said he's speaking loudly, loudly. Hallelujah. And it's, um, it's a word of the Lord to us personally, but it's also a word of the Lord to our nation. It's a word of the Lord to the church in this nation. I don't say that arrogantly. I don't say that presumptuously. Um, I just say that because I know. And um, there will come a category five in our earthly terms. Whirlwind of God in this nation. Yes. God is speaking. God is speaking. But it's going to take a church and a remnant that will hear the sound in the spirit and respond and position themselves in battle to pull on the realms of God and to displace the principalities, powers of darkness that hold back this whirlwind of God's spirit. I don't know about you, but I look at my nation today and uh, mad at the devil, mad at the devil, mad at the devil. Go out into society and the things that have shifted because of the, the rhetoric and the trajectory of, of the um, agenda of the enemy. It angers me. It angers me. It angers me. The fear that is gripping people and the, and the, and the, the atmospheres that are being shut down because of the rhetoric of the enemy. When I say rhetoric, I mean the devil, the lies of the enemy. So God is calling us fresh start and our voice and our sound. Do I have any revivalists that came on Sunday morning? To cry loud and spare not and get a fresh revelation of what God has deposited here for six years, now going into seven years. And our part to play and be the forerunner and the breaker to hear the sound in the spirit to release the whirlwind of God in this nation. Did you hear what I just said? So I begin with this scripture. We'll come back to this in a moment. I'll do some recap. And uh, this is going to get wild today. Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 24 and 25. The whirlwind of God when you hear the sound. 
The voice translation is what this is coming out of. Do not directly go up and face their forces. Circle around behind them and array yourselves for battle. Array yourselves for battle. Array yourselves for battle in front of the balsam trees or the mulberry trees. Array yourself for battle in front of the balsam trees. When you hear the sound of a mighty army marching, reverberating in the tops of the balsam trees, come quickly and fight. Come quickly and fight. For God has gone ahead of you into battle to destroy the army of the Philistines. Now, those of you who were here for part one, the Philistines. David did just as the Lord commanded and won a great victory. David arrayed himself for battle, listened for the sound, heard the army of God, came quickly to fight, quickly to fight, quickly to fight. God had already gone ahead, where? Into battle. To destroy what? The army of the Philistines. David, as he obeyed, he won a great victory. America will win a great victory. David struck down the fleeing Philistines. I love that. He struck down the fleeing Philistines from Geba all the way to Gezer just before the coastal plain. Holy Ghost, come, come, Holy Spirit. Send wisdom and revelation, understanding in this room today. In Jesus' name. On your way down to your seat, shout the whirlwind of God. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm going to read a few scriptures that I, that I put in the last message, and it goes like this. I will not be going back to Ezekiel, but I do want to tag from that message and, and, and uh, 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 bring it into this one. Ezekiel 1, 4. As I looked, behold, a storm wind was coming from the north. Ezekiel 1, 28. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face and I heard a voice speaking. Ezekiel 10, 2. And he spoke... And he said, enter between the whirling wheels, the whirling wheels. In Hebrew, the word for whirlwind is wheels. Enter between the whirling wheels under the cherubim, hmm. under the cherubim. Please remember that under the cherubim and fill your hands with coals of fire from between the cherubim. Nahum chapter one, verse three, the Lord is slow to anger and great in power and the Lord will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. Say this phrase with me. In whirlwind and storm is his way. Say it again. In and clouds are the dust beneath his feet. Through a sequence of prophetic pieces last month that I, that I gave in detail in the last message, part one of the whirlwind of God, the Lord has shown us that it is his great desire for our nation to come in, uh, for him to come to our nation and visit our nation in much larger scope than possibly any of us can humanly comprehend. Are 
Are you hearing me? The backdrop of this prophetic puzzle that I said I can't have time to reiterate today uh, is, is crucial to the understanding of how God is speaking and to the nature of, of, of how we are to pursue the magnitude of his presence. If you listen to what I laid out to you last time in the pieces of that puzzle, it cannot be ignored. I said it cannot be ignored. And even what has been happening in our nation, are you hearing me? Even until this day, our daughter texts us a picture and I didn't give it to the media. On the way driving to church this morning, a cloud had formed a funnel cloud in our skies here in Phoenix, Arizona. And my four-year-old grandson, before anybody could say, he said, hey, look at that cloud. It looks like a tornado. Come on, somebody. You can call that happenstance. You can call that coincidence. I call that a sign in the heavens. I say that God is wanting to jolt his church and come on and shake his church to believe for a nation shaking history making revival a level and a magnitude of his glory like we have never seen before because the Lord desires to release a magnitude of his divine presence upon our nation that will overtake the church and overtake the culture he desires to release glory realms that are not only good for good meetings but to capture a nation I'm all it's awesome that the glory can show up in a hotel in a glory meeting or in a church on a Sunday morning but I say God I'm believing for your glory to manifest in the streets of New York City in downtown Phoenix Arizona in Dallas Texas the most religious city in this nation oh in Los Angeles California I desire that the level of your glory begin to swirl in the streets of this nation in our government in the Capitol building in the White House in the bedroom of our president right now let the glory and the whirlwind swirl not just for good meetings not just so I can post it on social media but so God can shake a nation bring it back to God the whirlwind of God when it comes in this measure if God can find a remnant to pull on this magnitude of his presence, it will literally change the landscape. Are you hearing me? I said it will, oh, come on y'all. It will change the landscape. It will change the landscape of the church. It will change the uh, in this nation. It will change the landscape of this nation. History shows us that when God manifests in this magnitude or even greater, of course, that everything must bow. Everything must bow. Whirlwinds change the landscape. I'll try it again. Whirlwinds change the landscape. Nothing looks the same when a whirlwind touches down. Nothing looks the same when a whirlwind touches it. Nothing looks the same. Nothing will look the same when a whirlwind touches it. You stay with me this morning. I'm going to take you somewhere. Nothing looks the same. We're trying to figure it out in our old paradigms. We're trying to figure it out in our old wineskin. And God says, it's time to shed the old wineskins and the old paradigms. And it's time to have ears to hear and eyes to see because the magnitude of my presence will touch down and when I touch down everything changes the word of the Lord that I spoke in the last message when I said I felt the Lord speak the measure of my presence must increase in the nation the United States of America to topple the tyranny 
to topple the tyranny of the agenda of the enemy strongman. The measure of my presence must increase in this nation, the United States of America, to topple the tyranny of the agenda of the enemy strongman. Tyranny is defined as unreasonable use of power or control. I am not talking about a man. I am not talking about a mandate. Are you with me? I'm not talking about a man. I know I'm repeating myself, but this is, this is, this is on purpose. I'm not talking about a man. I'm not talking about a mandate. I'm going to say it again. Do there happen haters online? Come on, somebody. I'm just saying, if you are a hater, please stay tuned in. Comment, comment all you want. This is not about a man. This is not about a mandate. It is a demonic spirit, my friend. It is a principality. Oh, yes, it is. And what we're seeing in our nation for the last two years, is specifically the last two years, is a manifestation and exposure of an ancient spirit. You hear me now? Hear me loud and clear. And the one agenda of this ancient spirit is to stop and to stifle and to steal and to subvert the presence of God Almighty. I say it again because y'all aren't helping me preach good enough. I know I got some religious people here this morning. I know I got some religious people here this morning. And I came to blow a hole and make religion mad in that area of your soul that has settled, settled, you've settled. This ancient foe and this ancient spirit is out to steal, stop, stifle, subvert, overthrow, cause the downfall, undermine the principles of the presence of God Almighty, the Creator God, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. But the Lord said that even as Dagon fell before my presence, the strong man over this nation will do so. The strong man over this nation will do so as my church welcomes and pursues a level of my presence that will do more than just bless them and heal them, but a level of my presence that will topple tyranny off of nations. As my church welcomes and pursues. Whirlwinds stir. Come on, y'all. Whirlwinds agitate. Am I agitating you yet? If not, I got to work hard. <clears throat> they rearrange. They upset. <clears throat> they clear the path. They prepare the way. They take over. They take over. They take over. They take over anything in the path. Whirlwinds take over anything in the path. A whirlwind cannot be ignored. It cannot be ignored. You may disagree with it. You may not like it. You may just sit back and mock, but you can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. You know why? Because the whirlwind is taking over. What's running our nation today? And I'm not talking about the president. I'm not talking about those who sit in Congress or Senate or whatever. I'm not, I'm not asking that. I'm saying who is running our nation today? Is it the strong man or can we as the church believe that there is a measure and a magnitude of the presence and the power and the authority of God that will begin to swirl in this nation and everything in its path, be it president or pauper, that whirlwind will take over, take over. I said it can't be ignored. I said it can't be ignored. 
There's a furious, I'm still, I'm still quoting my word from last, the message. There is a furious magnitude of the presence of God that will stop everything in its track. And it's in the whirlwind of God's glory and presence. He is speaking loudly. The Lord would say, fresh start. He's speaking loudly to us that we release and be released as his whirlwind for such a time as this. I repeat a measure of the word, not the entirety from Gina Golston, the prophetess. You'll have to listen to the other word if you were not here. But what she said in the mix of the Houston prophetic puzzle that I laid out to you, she said, quote, this morning I was praying for you and your gathering and I felt I heard the Lord say concerning you and Fresh Start, I am making you my whirlwind. That's exciting. Unless you sit back and act like some of y'all been acting this morning. Because whirlwinds stir. Whirlwinds agitate. They rearrange. They upset. They take over. They take over. They take over. They take over. Everything in its path. A whirlwind. I'm talking the spirit now. I'm talking natural. I'm talking the spirit. A whirlwind cannot be ignored. Are you hearing me? A whirlwind cannot be ignored. It cannot be ignored. And the Lord said through the prophetic word of the Lord, through Gina, I am making you my whirlwind. And she said, I felt to give you uh, 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 the word that the Lord gave me back in February, I believe it was, of 2016. And I'm not going to read the thing entirety, but I will read a por portion of it and refer to it again throughout the message. He said, I am now releasing my whirlwind. This was in 2016. And I will blaze an unavoidable trail through this nation. Church, we need to have ears to hear. Everything that has been happening the last few weeks, this one included, we need to have ears to hear. My four-year-old grandson, he's four, right? My four-year-old grandson looks up in the sky and says, there's a tornado, a cloud in Phoenix, Arizona. Come on, somebody. The Lord is speaking. We better pay attention. You say, that's silly. I say, you're silly. I say, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied with your nation? Are you satisfied the trajectory of your nation right now? I'm not satisfied. Mantled upon us is the glory of God as the church of Jesus Christ in this nation. We have got to have some people in the spirit. Stand up, I said, in the spirit. Stand up and begin to agitate and create a swirl. Oh, from the north and the south and the east and the west. We need, we need to stir the spirit of God so that anything in its path will be overtaken by the presence and the power of God. Dagon will have to fall. Dagon will have to fall. Dagon will have to fall before the whirlwind. And the Lord said to Fresh Start, I'm making you my whirlwinds. And her word said, I, the Lord said, I'm releasing it and I'm going to blaze an unavoidable trail through this nation. That will lead and return the hearts of many to me. I have a remnant, the Lord says. Yeah, let me repeat that last line. Because that's the reason for the whirlwind. I'm going to blaze an unavoidable trail through this nation that will lead and return, lead and return, meaning our brother that had never given his life to Jesus, that gave his life to Jesus today. Come on. There's going to be thousands and tens and hundreds and millions of people like him that will come as the whirlwind of God is released. People that may have never heard the name of Jesus. They maybe never darkened the door of a church. Uh, come on, come on. As the whirlwind of God touches down, this is the purpose, to release the harvest. And then he, the word of the Lord said, and the people that will return. 
because there's people that have left God. There's people that got, and they have all kinds of excuses, whatever, whatever. And I ain't got time to name them, but it's just excuses, but they've left God. But the word of the Lord says, I am going to blaze an unavoidable trail. Did you hear that? An unavoidable trail. That will lead and return the hearts of many to me. And he says, I have a remnant. Shout that. I have a remnant. Look at your neighbor and say, are you part of the remnant? Come on. Ask your other neighbor, are you part of the remnant? Ha. <clears throat> uh, uh. The word of the Lord, I'm continuing to quote her word, the Lord that gave her in 2016. I have a remnant that is clothed in the wind of my spirit, and through them, I will set this nation back on course. Through them, through them, through the remnant, I will set this nation back on course. And then here it is. It will come with a force. It will come with a force. It will come with a force. Whirlwind, which is just another word for tornadoes, they go 100 plus mile per hour wind force. The, the word of the Lord says it will come with force. And he's using the, 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 the parallel or the analogy, the illustration of a whirlwind because this is what it's going to take in our nation. There is not a politician. There is not any, a medical doctor. There is not a scientist. There is not the smartest person in the world. I don't care who they are that can fix the problem in this nation. It must be the almighty hand of God and the whirlwind of his glory and the whirlwind of his spirit. And it's got to come in with a force because if it doesn't come in with a force, people, they still may dismiss it, but they will not be able to ignore and deny that God has moved in to the United States of America. And what looked that way yesterday looks totally different today. Can a nation be born in a day? Can God come and touch a nation? I say yes when the whirlwind touches down. Everything changes. God says, I'm going to have a remnant and I'm going to clothe them with my spirit and my anointing. And through them, this nation will be set back on course. Yeah. Are you part of the remnant? Because it's the word of the Lord said it's going to come with force. A force that topples. Topples tyranny. Topples principalities. Force. A spiritual intensity. That will usher in the magnitude of God's presence. A remnant of force. I said a remnant of force. God's people, a remnant of force, spiritual intensity. The resistance that has held this level of the presence of God back will be taken out through the passionate, zealous, fervent, radical, crazy, annoying, agitating, upsetting remnant that are so burning for Jesus and his presence. They will have such an intensity, such an intensity that nothing can ignore that the whirlwind has touched down. And she said, I feel that there is a major launching that is coming to you and Fresh Start Church that is going to have great impact on this nation. It's a whole new level. It's a whole new level. Teaching you this morning, revivalists, soon to be revivalists. Those, if you hang in here long enough, you will become revivalists. 
the measure of my presence, he said, must increase in the nation to topple the tyranny, to topple the tyranny, to topple the tyranny. I'm not talking about a man. I'm not talking about a mandate. I'm talking about a demonic principality because this is a holy war in our nation. I said, this is a holy war in our nation. I said, this is a holy war in our nation. This is not political. This is not medical. And it is not racial. It is spiritual. It is a holy war that is affecting you and it's affecting your family. So I say, wake up. I said, it's a holy war that is affecting you and it's affecting your family. And I say, wake up. We are seeing in other nations of the earth right now, in other nations of the world that has not had the foundation that the United States of America was founded on uh, 200 plus years ago. They are suffering in great, great detail today with the tyranny of this principality. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not talking about a man. I'm not talking about a mandate. I'm talking about a principality. And the agenda of the principality is to stop and to stifle and to subvert the presence of the living God. But God will have a remnant in the last day that says we will stir, we will agitate, we will be spiritually aggressive, we will be spiritually intense, we will push and we will press. We will not settle for anything less than the whirlwind of God, than the power and the glory of God that will topple Dagon in this nation and the nations of the earth. I say, wake up. These are the times that the Bible talks about when we're to be sober and alert. I feel like the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in our nations for sure, is trying to jerk some people out of their American ambition coma. The church and the culture alike. God needs His church to stand at attention. Come on. Come on, military people. God needs His church to stand at attention. But God has to jerk some of us out of our American ambition coma. And that is in the church and in the culture alike. Ambition is defined uh -huh, as an earnest desire for some type of an achievement or distinction as power, honor, fame, or wealth. And the willingness to strive for its attainment. Strive is that you make strenuous efforts, strenuous efforts, and earnest for some type of an achievement or distinction or honor or fame or wealth. Some kind of an attainment. And this is in the culture of course but it is in the church as well and what the enemy has or feels like is being successful in doing is getting us so striving putting strenuous effort into our ambitions that we have forgot if we do not get the presence of God to touch down in this nation it does not matter what you pursue my friend it's all going to go away we must pour our energies and we must pour our efforts into pulling on the power and the glory of God. Not to create a name for yourself, but to lift up the name that is above every other name. The name of Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. God, let there be a touchdown in this nation. Stop sleepwalking when we need to be awake and warring. Stop sleepwalking. Stop sleepwalking when we need to be awake and warring. The times when we need to be close to the Lord and His Word. Times when we need to push aside the weights and the senseless activities. And we need to come quickly and fight. I said we need to come quickly and fight. 
He told David, the Lord told David, come quickly and fight. Come quickly and fight. Array yourself for battle. Come quickly and fight because it's time to hear the sound. Did you hear me, Fresh Start? Did you hear me, America? It's time to hear the sound, the sound of the whirlwind, the sound. Why fight? Why do we have to always fight? Fight, 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 fight. Why do I need to fight? Because we need to break through the demonic resistance and the barricade that surrounds the harvest of souls. I don't know about you. I'm glad you're here today. It may not sound like it, but I'm glad you're here today. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful you found your way to church, but I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied until I see countless others like they filled this altar this morning that are coming to give their life to Jesus Christ and they're humble and they're desperate they're not religious they're not pious they're not critical they're hungry and they're desperate because the devil has them in chains and they're all bound up and I'm not satisfied until I see a harvest and their chains falling off of them so we gotta fight Our misguided pursuits that are called distractions, I said last, last message, has lessened the leverage. Are you with me? The scales are tipped toward tyranny of the enemy because the church's misguided pursuits called distractions. We need ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. If Dagon is going to fall in this nation, there is a war that must be fought. All right. There is a war that must be fought. I said there is a war that must be fought and the whirlwind must be released. By definition, holy war is a war waged for what is proclaimed to be a holy purpose as the defense of faith. Any disagreement or argument between fanatical proponents of radically differing beliefs, that is a holy war. The war that we fight today, and let me be clear for those who are uneducated and is just plain critical and nasty, it is a spiritual warfare. Hear me now. <clears throat> It is a spiritual warfare. I'll say it again. It is not a natural war. It is a spiritual war. It is not political. It is not medical. It is not political. It is not medical. It is not racial. It is not political. It is not medical. It is not racial. Just one more time to make religion mad. It is not political. It is not medical. It is not racial. It is a spiritual war. And my friend, you try to opt out, but at some point, there's going to be a supernatural realm that touches your life. It's either going to be the demonic or it's going to be the glory of God. I choose to fight in the army of God. Because Ephesians 6 12 in the voice translation says we're not waging war against enemies of flesh and blood. No, this fight is against, say it with me, tyrants. Say it again. Say it louder. What are we talking about? Toppling tyranny in here. This fight is against tyrants, against authorities, against supernatural powers and demon princes that slither in the darkness of this world and against wicked spiritual armies that lurk about in heavenly places. Oh my. Most translations say we wrestle against. We wrestle against. This translation says we wage war and we fight against. I spent five hours yesterday training more prayer uh, intercessors uh, uh, here. Come on, somebody. Over a hundred. Come on, somebody. And one of the things that I talk about, of course, in the context of the training is spiritual warfare. 
And I don't have my notes in front of me, but it goes something like this. That the context in the Greek and the cetera, 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 that the Apostle Paul was putting forth when he says that we wrestle against was, was in the, in the uh, illustrated purpose, in the, in the meaning of the word there, is houses of combat. Now, in those days, there was the, there was the, the, the very, very harsh, harsh uh, 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 games, uh, all that kind of stuff that they would play. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And, and you know what I'm saying, that they would be fighting. And I, I don't know all of the words, but basically, there was this extreme type of fighting. This is what the Apostle Paul meant when he says that we fight against. We fight against. It was literally a wrestling match or a fighting match where you have a boxer and a, and a wrestler and a something that kind of other kind of fighter that was all wrapped up in, 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 in one. Uh, th there were no rules. There were no boundaries. There were no referees. There was nothing. They would fight to the finish. Either the person surrendered or the person died. They would throw them up, catch, try, not to catch them, but throw them up in the air to put their hand or their foot or whatever to break their spine on the way back down. It was bloody. It was gory. It was violent. It was absolutely unthinkable in my mind. Even the fighting that I see today is just plain stupid. I'm just telling you. Why would you want to do that? Come on, somebody. All, all of this is what the Apostle Paul has in his mind when he's saying this church is the kind of wrestling match that you are in today. Oh! Oh! This side needs to wake up! is he said that's what you're wrestling against but we have had just so I can keep my record Disneyland Church with Pastor Mickey and Minnie Mouse that have led the church for two decades down the lazy river and it's a small world spinning around on rides that go nowhere in the spirit Looking at fictional things and making them believe they are real. Are you hearing the word of the Lord today? Wake up! It's a war. You'll never read that scripture the same again. There are some people that are totally repelled by the warfare that goes on in this house or other places. They're totally repelled. Some that are repelled right now. It's noon and a clock is going off on the inside of you. Just so you'll know, in case this is your first time, this church knows no clock, all right? <clears throat> Let me move on because I've got, I've, got to, I've, got to, I've got to expose something. The tyrant spirit that I identified and, of course, have referred to already as the Philistine spirit has one goal, and that is to stop the presence of the Lord. 
to subvert it, stifle, or steal it. That spirit in our nation has been packaged in so many ways over the last decade, definitely the last two years. But it's after the presence of the Lord. It's after, it's all about worship, my friends. It's always been about worship and it always will be about worship. Lucifer wanted the worship of heaven and he didn't get it. So now he's manipulating the earth to worship him. Some worship him blatantly without shame. Others do so more discreetly and others are just worshiping themselves, which is the same as worshiping the enemy. Anything that is not spirit and truth worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lord Jesus Christ is worship to the enemy. Are you hearing me? So in our nation, the last couple of years, there has been a diversion after diversion to keep our attention off of the holy war. But I refuse to let it go. I refuse to let it go unnoticed. And I say in this house, not on our watch in the name of Jesus. <laughs> For the purpose of emphasis, I need to remind you what the Philistine spirit is. It is a territory and presence stealing spirit. Hang on, I'm taking you somewhere. I need to remind you of some things. This won't take long. This ruling spirit behind the tyranny, I'm not talking about a man, I'm not talking about a mandate, I'm talking about a principality. A Philistine spirit is representative of the Philistines in the Old Testament. They were a hostile, warlike people group in the Old Testament. Just read your Bible, you'll find them in there. Come on. They were a hostile, are you with me? Warlike people group. This people group can be chased, traced back to the, the worship of Dagon. Dagon was called Baal's father. Baal uh, being the god of Jezebel, who Jezebel worshiped. We understand that there's no such thing as a false god. Come on, somebody. I said, there's no such thing as a false god. There cannot be a false god. Now, they can call it a false god, or they can call it a god, or, or, or and we call it false god, but there's no such thing of, of a god other than Jehovah God, other than Jesus Christ. That's what I'm trying to say. What this, 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 this Dagon, this Baal, this, all of this stuff was Greek mythology. Are you with me? Was Greek mythology, which demonic, hellish demon and principalities, they worshiped these things called Dagon and Baal, etc. And as this people group and others worshiped these quote gods, they began to be possessed and invaded and empowered by the demonic forces that they were paying homage to. Did you get what I just said? And the following are the characteristics that we see in this people group. They were hostile and they had a bully, intimidating spirit. They were tyrannical. They were uh, operated in tyranny, antagonistic against authority. It was a bully spirit that dominated over God's people in the Old Testament for many, many years. They were perverse to the core. I said they were perverse to the core. I'm talking to America right now. They were a, a, a perverse to the core. Sex and distorted in their thinking. The background of this spirit, this principality, goes very, very deep into vile sexual perversion. I don't have time to lay it out. Just trust me, it's true. But the also, it is the, the, the background is a distortion of everything. It would twist out of shape, deform, give false, perverted, disproportionate, uh, uh, and misrepresent. My God, if that does not sound like what is trying over our nation today. Wake up, church. Wake up, church. It is a territory-stealing spirit. It stole literal land in the Old Testament with one goal, so that when it got the land, it could change the laws. Are you hearing me? So when it got the land, it could change the laws to the one that was in rule. And in our case today, we see lawlessness taking over, and that is the spirit of the Antichrist that is only be accelerating. This is why God needs him a remnant that will stand up and say, I'm going to array myself in battle, and I'm going to come quickly to fight because 
the ultimate goal is that tyranny stole the presence of God. This spirit stole the presence of God. The Philistines stole the presence of God. They stole the Ark of the Covenant. It's after the presence of God. It's after the presence of God. Wants to steal, stifle, subvert it. Tyranny stole God's presence. Perversion, distortion, delusion, territory, changing laws, ultimately, it's about the presence of God. Oh, are you hearing me, church? Never in my lifetime would I have thought that I would have seen pastors, ministers arrested and ostracized like they have been more specifically in other nations of the earth, but even in our nation over the last two years. The blatant censorship and target of Christians, those who worship Jesus Christ in our nation is ramping up. I'm going to say it whether you like it or not. Obviously, it's, it's, it's more intensified in other nations, as I ex- described earlier. But church, if we fail to fight the war and array ourselves in battle, we're headed in that direction. So I say, wake up and see the progression of this principality. Tyranny, perversion, distortion, delusion, territory, ungodly laws. <clears throat> we see in the word of God, and this is what we put our hope on today. That against the full manifestation of God's presence, that this tyranny toppled. 1 Samuel 5, Philistines took the ark of God. Hang on, hang on, I'm going to take you somewhere today. They brought it to the house of Dagon and they set it by Dagon. The the principality that I just described to you. When they got up the next morning, what happened? Dagon had fallen on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. No force of the enemy can stand against the full manifestation of God's presence. God says, I have a remnant and I have clothed them with the wind of my spirit and through them, I will set this nation back on course. It will come with a force, whirlwind and remnant will come with a force. The remnant will come with a force and the whirlwind will come with a force. I'm just going to repeat the word force in case you didn't hear me say the word force. Another part of that word that Gina shared with me was those within my church who are alive and moving by my wind will now arise with a gale force as through them I will demonstrate my power and this will be a point of turning. Come on, remnant. Come on, revivalists. Everybody say, when you hear the sound. I want to talk for a moment before we come to this altar today and fight fight for the whirlwind of God, about spiritual aggression and the whirlwind of God. I'll say it again. Spiritual aggression and the whirlwind of God. Let me read the opening scripture again. Second Samuel 5, do not directly go up and face their forces, but circle around behind them and array yourself for battle. Uh, array means a strategic arrangement of fighters and weapons in a battle. That's what that phrase means. In front of the balsam trees. When you hear the sound, when you hear the sound of a mighty army marching, reverberating in the tops of the balsam trees, come quickly and fight for God has gone ahead of you into battle to destroy the army of the Philistines. And David did just as the Lord commanded and he won a great victory. He struck down the fleeing Philistines. The sound in the tops 
of the trees confused the tyranny. Are you hearing me? The sound confused the tyranny. The sound in the tops of the trees confused the Philistines, confused the tyranny, the spirit in our, our context today. And I just want to say that for trees to make a sound, there must be a wind. I'll say it again. For tree... It came, the wind came into the trees and it produced a sound that confused and confounded this spirit. It confounded tyranny. Tyranny did not know how to react to this sound. It confused tyranny. It confused perversion. It confused religion. Religion, come on. It confused. Uh, Jewish rabbis are known to say that this uh, scripture here that I just read to you, our opening scripture, what I just read to you, is is the footsteps of angels that were walking on the tops of the trees. Ah, the footsteps of angels that were walking on the tops of the trees. Why is that significant in the context of these messages that I have been preaching you on the whirlwind of God, part one and now part two? That they say, rabbis, Jewish rabbis, that it is the footsteps of angels that created, come on, that brought the presence of God, that created the, the, the wind so that the sound could resonate in the top of the trees that would reverberate in the ears of the enemy and terrify, I said terrify, I said terrify and confuse and confound the enemies. Why is it significant that they suggest that it was footsteps of angels walking on the tops of the trees? Because in Ezekiel's vision that I read to you in the last message of the whirlwind of God, he saw angelic beings that were manifesting come on somebody don't miss this they were cherubim they were cherubim that had manifested in his vision and we are told and we understand that cherubim are appointed as guardians of the presence and the holiness of God I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying don't miss this angels dancing in treetops the cherubim are the ones who guard and protect the presence and the holiness of God. What is this Philistine spirit after? The presence of God. Cherubim were over the mercy seat in the Ark of the Covenant, but Dagon had to fall. How? Because the fullness of the presence of God were protected. Come on, somebody. So it wouldn't be a stretch to believe that the Lord also sent angels to dance on treetops, releasing his whirlwind high to create a sound to defeat the spirit that steals the presence of God. And I prophesy that God can and will send a sound from heaven accompanied by myriads of angels to the United States of America that will shake treetops either literally or spiritually and bring confusion into the camp of the enemy. God will and can release a measure of his presence that will topple the spirit of tyranny over this nation. If he has a remnant who will array themselves for battle, listen for the sound and run to the battle. Array for battle and come quickly to battle. 
Listen for the sound when you hear the sound. Sometimes I look around and I say, where's the army? People talk about it. Some of y'all are really preaching with me today. Thank you for that. Because this could be way harder to preach somewhere else. You trust me. Sometimes I look around, I'm like, where's the army? Sing about it, we talk about it, we preach about it. Are they showing up to the fight? Are they getting ready, arraying in battle, for battle? Are they coming quickly to the fight? We go to conferences? Well, you know I had to hit that again. We get our prophetic word. We hear a famous person. We get our picture taken with them so we can put it on social media. We watch unending YouTube videos and do nothing with what the information, the information that we're given. A lot of it is about unnecessary stuff. Nobody wants to show up to the fight. Not even thinking about arraying and mobilizing themselves for a battle. Can we not look around in this nation and see that it is a holy war? Another time, another level from any other time in my lifetime. It's not political. It's not medical. It's not racial. It's a spiritual war. Stop it with all the silliness. Come on. Stop it with all the silliness. It's not medical. It's not political. It's not racial. It is a spiritual war. We need to show up for battle. I would like to quote Paul E. Bilheimer in Destined for the Throne. Listen closely. Since the bride of Christ is to share the throne of the universe with her divine lover and Lord as judicial equal, she must be trained, educated, and prepared for her queenly role. Because the crown is only for the conqueror, it tells us in Revelation 3.21. The church, which is later to become the bride, must learn the art of spiritual warfare of overcoming evil forces in preparation for her assumption of the throne following the marriage supper of the Lamb. Through the use of her weapons of prayer and faith, Mm. through the use of her weapons of prayer and faith, she holds in this present throbbing moment the balance of power in world affairs. The church is the mightiest force, there's the word, force, there's the word, for civilization. The only force that is contesting Satan's total rule in human affairs is the church of the living God. If Satan were unopposed, if he were under no restraint, if it were not for the, if, if it were not for the purifying and pre- preserving influence of the church on the earth, the fabric of all we call civilization would totally disintegrate, decay, and disappear. The church, by means of persistent believing intercession, may so release the Spirit of God, or I will say the whirlwind of God. God could put Satan completely away, but he has chosen to use the church against Satan for training and overcoming. 
coming. He has given her, the church, the power of attorney. She is his deputy. Therefore, prayer is where the action is. Any church without a well-organized and systematic prayer is simply operating a religious treadmill. It's time to get off the treadmill of religion and array ourselves for battle and come quickly to pull down and topple tyranny. We're a force in this earth. But at large, the body of Christ has lost its spiritual aggression. All right, you better stay with me. At large, the body of Christ has lost its spiritual aggression. If we're going to be released as whirlwinds, God's whirlwinds, we've got to understand that it will come with a force. The word of the Lord said it will be a gale force. This remnant is going to come with a gale force. And that will take some spiritual aggression. There is a spiritual intensity. I guess you could call this my opinion, but I have the mic, so I'm going to say it. Amen. <clears throat> I believe it's accurate. There is a spiritual intensity that was lost in the era, I believe, of the charismatic movement. There were many good things that came out of that charismatic movement. Many good things that the church needed in that season and in that era. You hear me good? I'm not criticizing that or the people that birthed that and brought that to the body of Christ. But I believe because as a large part, that movement did not embrace the spiritual aggression of Pentecost and Pentecostalism. Because that movement did not embrace the spiritual aggression of Pentecost and Pentecostalism, it then made it easier to walk into the more modern seeker sensitivity models that has overcome and overwhelmed the Pentecostal spirit-filled churches. The seeker sensitive model has totally removed any kind of spiritual aggression and any kind of aggressive spiritual pursuit. And this, my friends, was a huge compromise and downgrade from Pentecost. It was a big, big compromise. You know how they're saying these days, and don't be offended, California people, but don't California, my Arizona, my Texas, and all this kind of stuff. Don't charismatic my Pentecostalism. Now, once again, I know that movement brought needed things to the body of Christ in that era. But as the enemy will do, he will work overtime to pervert and to distort. Come on. And what I see is there was a spiritual aggression that has made it easier. Because, you know, when I downgrade, come on, come on, people. When we downgrade in our flesh, we're like, hey, this ain't so bad after all. This is pretty comfortable. So doing another downgrade is a lot easier. Come on. We are to be an invasion force in a demonically hostile world. God himself gives us. Man, I'm preaching up here. I may be losing followers right now, but I'm okay with that. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. 
God, the voice, uh, the Isaiah says in 59, 17, God shows us his protocol. But God's equipment was that of no ordinary warrior. He strapped on righteousness and his breastplate and he put on the helmet of salvation and he wrapped himself in vengeance or zeal for clothing and passion as a cloak. God prepared for war. God prepared for war. God prepared for war. The context of this scripture, what is it was in the middle of injustice and darkness and God shows us how we are to respond. We respond with a spiritual aggression and intensity of fervor, desire, intensity, passion, devotion, oh, diligence, enthusiasm to push back the forces of darkness through the different movements down through the church and the decades. This element of spiritual aggression has been redefined and refined. But the way that I see it, if you refine something so many times, it's not good for anything anymore. It's not a threat anymore. Tamed, tuned and tickled ears have traded their sword for a soothing sound and a soaking. I say wake up and battle. Get in battle array. <laughs> David's posture was battle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a scripture that we sing and we wear t-shirts of around here. Psalm 149. Say it with me, Fresh Start Revivalists, as loud as you can. God's high and holy praises fill their mouths. For their shouted praises are their weapons of war. These warring weapons will bring vengeance. Come on. And every resistant power to bind kings with chains and rulers with iron shackles. Praise filled. Shout it louder. Come on. Say it again. Praise filled. This is the honor he gives to all his godly lovers. Hallelujah. And praise the Lord. Come on, warriors. Come on, warriors. Stay with me a few more minutes because here's the reality. I'm talking about a sound. I'm talking about a sound that comes through a remnant. I'm talking about a remnant, come on somebody, that shows up with a force. And there is a sound that cuts and penetrates. Now I know Pastor Jessica has talked about the sound. I've talked about the sound. My husband has talked about the sound. There is a sound being created in this house for six years now. But you hear, I got to speak to something this morning. There is a sound of worship and there is a sound of intercession that cuts and penetrates. And much of the sound of the church in music and intercession that has been produced of recent years doesn't break through the soulless realm. It doesn't break through the mind and the will and the emotions. And so what happens is it leaves the spirit barricaded and it leaves the spirit blocked. When the sounds of an old wineskin stop breaking through the soul, the spirit becomes ineffective. I say it's time to get a new wineskin because what happens is we have a sleepy soul and we have an active spirit. The songs that have been coming from a sentimental bride has lulled the soul asleep and has rendered the spirit ineffective.
perspective. But today, much like in the, in the, in the, in the story of Barak in the Bible, it took the song of Deborah to wake him up, to get him ready for revival. I say wake up, Barak, and sing, Deborah. Sing, Deborah. Sing, 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 Deborah. Flesh will always choose a soothing sound over a penetrating sound. A sleepy soul produces a sleepy sound. It is clear in the word of God that there should be division between soul and spirit. There should be distinction, separation, and demarcation. Songs that soothe have taken the fight out of a crucial generation in history. Jesus, help me. Songs that soothe have taken a fight out of a crucial generation in history. Sing, Deborah, sing. Sing, Deborah, sing. Sing, Deborah, sing. Speak to Barak. Speak to the warriors that have lost their fight. Speak to a generation that has never learned to fight. This is a word. It needs to be said. Now you hear me. I don't know how long I've been preaching, but I'm good to go for another couple hours, y'all. I'm not going to, but I'm good to go for another couple hours. I'm not against slow songs. I'm not against soaking in the presence of the Lord. For all of those who just left the social media, somebody text them and tell them to get back on and hear this. Oh, it's the truth. Majority of the music, I pretty much listen to two, two types of music, pretty much. Maybe throw some, some Christmas music in right now because it's Christmas. It doesn't feel like Christmas, but it's Christmas out here. I listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship. And I have several downloaded on my phone that are instrumental worship music. So just so you'll know, I'm not opposed to that at all. But let me tell you what I am opposed to. I'm opposed to the apparent imbalance and the resulting atmospheres of apathy and self-focus. Sing, Deborah, sing. Sing, Deborah, sing. Wake up, Barack. Wake up, Barack. Wake up. I'm opposed to the antagonism that religion and carnality bring against spiritual aggression. It's time to get Pentecost, spiritual aggression, back in a generation. Hallelujah. Now you listen to what I'm about to share with you. There's a book by a man named Ray Hughes. I believe he has... has passed away now. 
It's called the sound of heaven and the symphony of earth. Can y'all handle some more for a few moments today? Everybody shout, sing Deborah. A sleepy soul produces a sleepy sound, y'all. Songs that soothe have taken the fight out of a crucial generation in history. In his book, Sound of Heaven and Symphony of Earth, he talks about the Irish war dance and how as the Irish left their homeland, their roots, their roots, and came to America, they lost the dance and the militancy that came with it. And I quote him, just as the militancy of the Irish dance was robbed from its people, so was the militancy and passionate aggression in church music. Because the church in a certain period took instruments out of the hands of musicians, it went through a musical dark ages. And all that was left was liturgical chants. Worship now consisted of leaders lulling both God and his people to sleep. Out of that time period came a very passive, feminine sound, the warrior heart and sound of music, as well as the individual expression was lost. I am preaching a thing up here. The title of this message is the whirlwind of God. When you hear the sound, a sound has to come back into the body of Christ today that has been lost through decades and decades and decades of compromise at large. The body has lost its spiritual aggression. If we're going to release God's whirlwind, we've got to understand that it is going to come with spiritual force and spiritual aggression. Passivity and feminism will not cut it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's talking about the culture of the sound and the atmosphere of the sound. There is a sound that awakens heaven and shakes now get this I read in that same book quote in that same book he's talking about a man by the name of William Wallace the Scottish warrior I'm assuming all of you have watched Braveheart yeah I have not which is, should not be a shock to any of you so you have a better context here he fought William Wallace against the British oppression, Philistine, tyranny, oppression of Scotland. And he talks of the many different sounds they used to intimidate their enemy. And one of them was playing their native instrument, the bagpipe. It, it was such a stirring of loyalty in the hearts of the people, of the, of the, of the Scottish people, but yet it was irritating in the ears of the English. No offense to the English and the British right now. It was irritating in their ears because what it meant to the ears of the English, to the oppressor, was disloyalty to them. I am preaching a thing on this Sunday morning, don't even care what time it is. This nation needs to hear a sound, a sound of war. And so because England was irritated with the bagpipes, because they understood that when, when the Scottish played, it meant disloyalty to the oppression, disloyalty to them. They were, they were pushing back 
on the oppression. They were pushing back on it. Come on, Fresh Start. They were pushing back. So what the English did was they outlawed the bagpipe. And apparently in the Braveheart movie about this battle, it was said, in order for England to bring them, people, into bondage, their music had to be in bondage as well. a sound in bondage would oppress a nation. Who ever thought that we would be put on a path and on a trajectory where the very sound oh, that breaks off oppression, that breaks off perversion, that breaks off intimidation, the very sound would be put in bondage and now religion has said you don't need all of that you don't need to scream you don't need to tarry you don't need to rock back and forth you don't need to dance you don't need to shout oh you don't need to lift your voice and my question is how's it working for you Just to make religion mad, shout in this place. When the church becomes passive, a nation becomes imprisoned. When the church becomes passive, when the intercession, when the intercession, when the intercession, when the intercession becomes passive, a nation becomes imprisoned. When the intercession becomes self-focused, when the intercession turns inward, when the intercession is all about my title and my position and this and that, a nation becomes imprisoned. When the music becomes passive, a nation is imprisoned. If tyranny is going to be toppled, there must be a sound that is released that shakes foundations. This is not going to be on the screen, but I take you to another confrontation with the Philistines in 1 Samuel chapter 4. Huh? If it makes you feel better, I can say I'm almost done. But y'all know I don't try to make you feel better. So Now look at me. I'm going to repeat my last statement. There has to be a sound released. Sing, Deborah, sing. Sing. Unlock the prison. Rouse the warriors. First Samuel chapter 4, the Philistines defeat Israel again. Watch this. Israel then goes to Shiloh to get the Ark of the Covenant. Philistines defeated them. There was casualties. They go, they get the ark. As the ark is coming into the camp, I said, there has to be a sound that is released in the church in this nation that shakes foundations and topples Dagon. I will release a remnant, and through that remnant, they 
will be a whirlwind. God says, I will blaze an unavoidable trail. The Lord said to Fresh Start, I am making you my whirlwinds. As the ark comes into the camp, Israel starts shouting. And the Bible says that the earth shook. Now, I know, maybe it's possible. But I don't think there was enough of them in the natural to shake the earth. The Bible says that when the Philistines heard the sound, the shouting, when the Philistines heard the sound, they were gripped with fear. Because they were afraid they were going to be enslaved, imprisoned. They were gripped with fear. Philistines gripped with fear. Are you hearing? I looked through several translations. The only one that I could find, because the next verse, verse 9, it says, it doesn't say who in most translations, says to the Philistines, addresses them. Only one translation that I could find called it a Philistine leader was saying this. It was obvious that this comment was from a Philistine because they were speaking to the Philistine camp and the Philistine army. Someone, I'll call it Satan himself. Stay with me. As Israel is shouting, releasing the sound, Philistines are riddled with fear. A voice stands at the Kabushtakandarabokei. A voice stands up, if you will, and announces to the Philistines, fight as never before, Philistines. And they did, and they captured the ark of God. I don't think you're hearing what I'm saying. They plundered the army of Israel. While we are soothing and soaking the ranks of darkness are rallying in these last days because Satan knows the Bible better than most Christians that the place that he is going to end up is the lake of fire and torment that was created for him and his demonic beings. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And they are rallying together and across the corridors of hell it is being echoed. Fight as never before. 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 But the church, how has ears that cannot hear and eyes that cannot see because we've been lulled to sleep, chanting our songs and our little prayers that have caused us to settle for less than the glory of God that needs to manifest in this nation. And God sent me to say, sing, Deborah, sing. Deborah, sing, awaken. Because even though it ended as that, you hear me, it is a fact that the Philistines cowered at the sound. This was no ordinary shout. This shout was amplified and electrified by the current of heaven. 
for that manifestation to happen, it had to have a current of heaven on it. Fresh start. I'll be real honest with you right now. I'm flat worn out right now. God is taking us in this revival to a place if we will go. That will lead a nation in a sound. A sound that will topple tyranny. That will welcome the whirlwind of God. Some of y'all are going to have to get on board. Come on. Love you all. Love the ones that call this their church and they decide to stay home and watch it online today. Love y'all. It's a gale force. Stay with me. Stay with me. Good news. I don't have too many more pages left. But there is something that I need to say before we leave here. Because our shouts and our praise shake the foundation of tyranny. As spiritual oppressors storm the battlefield of our nation, it is not political, it is not medical, it is not racial, it is a spiritual war. And as we lift our praise and our shouts, our response is to defy that principality with our spiritual aggression in praise and in intercession and break in with the sound of the whirlwind of God that is going to shake, if you will, the treetops in this nation. The same man that I quoted earlier, Bill Hymer, in Destined for His Throne, don't miss this, you gotta see where I'm going. He said the element that is necessary to energize prevailing prayer that cast out Satan is triumphant faith. But the necessary element to energize faith is perpetual, purposeful, aggressive praise. I'll, I'll say it again. The, 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 the element necessary to energize faith is perpetual, purposeful, aggressive praise. He said praise is the highest form of prayer because it combines petition and faith and praise is the spark plug of faith. The secret of success in over Overcoming Satan and qualifying for the throne is a massive program of effective prayer and the, and the secret of effective prayer is a massive program of praise. We don't get to choose how we praise. We don't get to opt out of anything. You have, to, you have convinced yourself that I can opt out of this. Oh! May I remind us that Saul hid himself from Goliath, who was a Philistine. But later Saul, 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 standing for religion, had to have his demons silenced. Are you with me? But then we have David, who ran onto the battlefield alone toward the Philistine Goliath. And later David was the one who played the sound to silence Saul. Ah! Because David had cultivated the sounds of heaven for many years. And I'm telling you folks, we can't opt out of any of them. We've decided my praise is okay. No, it ain't. 
Because the, how, do you, how, how can you just say that to me? Because the Bible tells me that there are at least seven ways to praise God. Well, what are they? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to give them to you today. They are the Hebrew word halal. If I pronounce Hebrew wrong, don't, don't be mad at me. I don't know Hebrew. Come on, somebody. To jump, to dance, to be loud, and to be clamorous. Some versions say clamorously foolish. Well, I'm going to opt out of this. It's okay if I opt out. It is not okay if you opt out. Yada. To throw your hands up and forward while making confession about God. Toda. To lift your hands in thanksgiving. Shabak. A loud, joyous shout of testimony. Zamar, to worship the Lord while playing an instrument. Barak, to kneel in reverence and submission. Dehelia, to sing a spontaneous, unrehearsed song of the Lord from your spirit. My friends, we have no excuse to opt out of any of the ways that we are instructed to praise our God. When we opt out, the devil sneaks in. And there's different ones that write out different ones of these. And the enemy's like, cool, cool. I'll walk through that door then. And Pastor Jessica and Sam or myself are up here pushing and pressing, trying to get you to do the same thing. It's not just to have noise. It's to have a sound. I said it's to have a sound. It's to have a sound that has died in the modern church because they said we don't need all of that. My friends, let's go back to Pentecost and see that suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty. When you opt out, the devil sneaks in. When you opt out of the spiritual aggression, my friends, he our nation needs a sound that runs into battle with gale force, taunting the tyranny, just like David did to Goliath. David was a fierce protector of the presence of God. I want to be a fierce protector of the presence of God. Remember I told you, I'm almost done. I know, I know, I know. The whirlwind of God and all of those things that I gave you through the prophetic puzzle, remember that? They were violent and aggressive in nature. When the glory came down, I know it's always manifest this way, but the Lord's talking to us about the whirlwind. He's given us undeniable confirmations even to a four-year-old that knew nothing, even to a four-year-old in the car this morning, it looks like a tornado in the sky of Phoenix, Arizona. When the glory touched down in Houston that many years ago, it was aggressive. The pulpit split. The associate pastor was caught in the, the, the swirling of the wheels of the world. Prophet uh, Tommy says, 
Violent winds will announce revival. My God. Come on, America. This releases the magnitude of God's presence that will topple tyranny. And I do close with this today. Praise team, come. Weapons are of war, whatever that song is. Glory to God. They named them things I would not name the songs, but anyway, I'm not writing them so they can name them what they want. It's the Bible, she said, so we name it what the Bible said. We have a praise and worship leader that talks back. I say, sing, Deborah, sing, come on. I say, sing, remnant, sing. Get up on your feet and release a shout and a sound as I give you this last point today. Come on, come on. Sing, Deborah. Shout, awake, awake. And here's the final thing. The Lord spoke emphatically to us on Saturday night before I preached this message about the remnant. Because in these days that the Lord is going to be releasing this whirlwind as we array ourselves for battle and run quickly to the fight. Hear me now. No one moving, please. It will come from a remnant. I'm not putting a number on the remnant. I can't put a number on the remnant. But if you all were here on that Saturday night, I'll just tell you how strong prophetically I was feeling the word that was coming to me about the remnant. I did not open my eyes, not one time. Now that may not mean anything to you, but I knew the Lord was speaking so strongly about making the cut for the remnant. Come on now. We got to make the cut. We got to make the cut Sunday morning. We got to make the cut. That I did not want to be distracted by any faces, you know, I don't mean in a bad way. I just didn't want to be distracted because I knew the Lord was speaking strongly about the remnant. Hear the word of the Lord. Church in this nation at this moment, there will be a remnant. And pastors and leaders, five-fold ministry, as much as we, as we, as we, uh, uh, oh, help me, Lord. As much as we taunt the word or say the word remnant and we're, we're saying remnant, do we really know what we're saying? Can I ask us five-fold ministry in the body of Christ as you are calling out the remnant and speaking to the remnant, are you really going to be happy leading just the remnant? Because the remnant is a smaller portion of the larger thing. A remnant is the smaller portion of the larger thing. And my, my answer to that in what I know and see and perceive is that in our modern day mega mindset, it is unlikely that many will be satisfied with the remnant that they are preaching about because we are looking for crowds while God is searching and tearing and cutting and creating a remnant. I don't know about you, but I want to make the cut. I want to make the cut. I want to make the cut. God is tearing. There's the larger piece. There's the mega piece. And then there's the remnant. The Lord says, will you be satisfied? Come on. Because in these last days, there will be a remnant. And that remnant, which is what we're trying to raise up in this house through this revival, that remnant will be persistent no matter what hell comes against them, no matter how many followers they lose, no matter how, how many uh, witches come against them, no matter how many talk about the female preacher that shouldn't be holding the microphone right now. Oh, we get it all the time, all the time, all the time. It makes me want to preach another hour. We get it all the time. 
there will be a remnant that no matter what is thrown at them, no matter the antagonism, no matter the attack, whether it be body, soul, or even spirit, there will be a remnant as it was in the old in the test in, in the New Testament with the book of Acts. That no matter what religion threw at them and hurled at them, they stayed standing and they were persistent. And not only were they persistent, my friends, but the Lord will be building a remnant in these last days. Do you listen to how I'm going to say this? That is resistant. Now you hear me. Wind alone has no sound. Wind remains voiceless. Until it's combined with another element. Wind cannot make a sound until it connects with something that is resistant enough for that wind to touch to create a volume that topples the tyranny I am looking at a group of people that I am preaching to in this room today and God says you may not feel like it it may not seem like it but I am choosing my remnants and you must choose to make the cut in this room today God says first start I'm releasing you to this nation as my whirlwind thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast where we exist to influence a nation with revival you can order Pastor Kim's book Doorkeepers of Revival at doorkeepersofrevival.com and you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music Spotify or wherever you stream your music thank you for tuning in we'll see you next time